Today's show, we're going to talk about a recent lawsuit that I saw in Florida here. A lotto winner, she won back in 2013. She was 84 at the time. She won the $590 million Powerball out of Zephyr Hills, Florida, which is near Tampa. And now, fast forward to 2019, she's suing her son and her financial advisor over the winnings and what happened. So today we're going to talk about what is going on and maybe some of the lessons we can learn, even though we're not all lottery winners. This is a show about financial planning with a particular focus on the issues facing those close to or living in retirement. Each week, our host, Dan Wendell, will share his expertise in retirement planning in a fun and down-to-earth format. Now, let's begin another episode of Dolphin Financial Radio. Hello and welcome to another Dolphin Financial Radio with me, Dan Wendell, owner of the Dolphin Financial Group. Alongside me is Tony Shore, recent uh, Powerball winner. Actually, no, t- Tony, you're, you're, I would say you're a lotto winner. You won the lottery you, with good looks, right? I, well, I won that lottery. Uh, obviously, looks and charm. I've won the lottery there, but I don't play the lottery. Then. Well, how about, I was going to say, uh, I'll split the winnings with you if you win and if I win, because I don't play either. Yeah, we got to play to win, but I, we, we're not players. So, uh, nope, I don't. Uh, I'm not a big gambler, to be honest. I've never been. I've never felt the allure of gambling. Speaking of the gam- gambling, I bet you have a higher chance of filling in as a Kenny Rogers double in a st- stunt double in a new movie than you do of winning the lottery. <laughs> wow, that's an insult because he's not looking so good. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> you know, we did a show a couple of weeks ago on intermittent fasting, and I and I got an email from a listener saying, hey, is, how's it going? Is Tony Did Tony take the challenge and try it? So the listeners want to know, Tony, are you... And on that note, listeners, yeah, I'm if gonna, you want. I, I'm waiting to start. Let's just put it that way. I haven't yet started. I'm going to. Um, uh, like I always say, start in Monday. Perfect. Um, you know, it, it'll it be a money saving. Do it for the money saving. That's what that show was. If, you, if the listeners miss it, go back and check out how to save money with intermittent fasting. But today we're going to talk about those that don't need to save money, those that win the lottery. And we did shows on this in the past, how lottery winners go broke. Yep. <laughs> right. We've talked, we've done entire shows on the fact that lottery winners tend to be worse off, um, typically broke after five years. In fact, I think there was a study that said you have a, that we did a study on happiness. It was, you would, would you rather be a cripple or, or an amputee? I think it was, or a lotto winner. And it turns out amputees are, are happier than lotto winners. <laughs> yeah, they've done all sorts of studies. Uh, what I would like to know is uh, who out there has won the lottery and has succeeded because of it and has been happier and has made it last throughout their lifetime. That would be a, I, I'm sure that's a much smaller group if they exist. I think they exist, but you don't know about them. And that's what makes them successful. They right, quietly exactly. disappear into society as yep. big winners. Now, this woman, she didn't. She uh, did you read this story about this uh, the, Zef, the the lawsuit? It's I guess they're up in Jacksonville now. So they, yeah, they you, used to. You sent it to me, and I I skimmed it, and I, I'm just like it's just like another one of those sad tales. Like uh, 
Why do, Why does everyone who wins the lottery has some ish, big issue or problem like this? Isn't it crazy? Well, let's give the listeners a quick update what's going on. So Gloria McKenzie won the Powerball jackpot in 2013. She was 84 at the time. And then she, um, at that, she, I think she took the lump sum and it was $278 million. <laughs> There's another problem right there. Where's the other money wow. go? You know, taxes. Oh, well. Um, so she got $278 million and her son, who I don't know how old he was, probably in his 60s uh, or maybe, you know, late 50s, he, um, he told her, I believe... From the, I read a bunch of articles on this, and I think I gleaned that he said he helped pay for the lotto ticket, and so they split it. Oh. She gave him half. Fifty percent of the winnings went to her son, and she kept the other fifty. Now, keep in mind, she was living in Zephyr Hills prior to on Social Security and her widow's pension, and um, the articles I've read, there's one in the Jacksonville uh, Biz Journal. Uh, dot com said she was in a $375 a month duplex in Zephyr Hills. So she, it didn't sound like she came from a lot of money and then she inherit or wins $278 million. Even if you give half away to the sun, you're still sitting on, you know, quite uh, over a hundred million, 130, 140 million. Wow. Right. So, so what happened? So she, she gives half her money to her son and then they, um, and her son said he would take care of her for the rest of her life. All right. So red flags go up immediately when this happens, but we'll continue because she has other children. Um, so they bought a house um, and her son, Scott, and they moved um, all together, though. Her son, her son's wife and, and her all lived together. Now, fast forward, she's suing. She's suing her son. Oh, by the way, she gave power of attorney to her son as well. So he can make the decisions for her financially. Um, so now she's suing, saying she could have done better. Five years later, she could have done better. <laughs> now. <laughs> and her son recommended her to a financial advisor. Right. So he recommended to her to a financial advisor up in Jacksonville. Yep. And we're not going to adjudicate this case on our podcast. I'm not going to sit here and say who's right, who's wrong. I just want to talk about the implications of this because it happens. Some people inherit, you know, money. They inherit it from a deceased parent. They might win the lotto. Who knows? Or you just come into something. You might sell a business and you have this lump sum that you're not used to. Right. So we'll talk about this. But I find it fascinating. So I'm reading this and it turns out um, he he found some sort of financial advisor out of Jacksonville, um, who took took over the money? Harry Hank Madden is the name of the advisor, and you can read all about this. In the, I mean, if you haven't seen it yet, it's it's fascinating. So this the lawsuit claims, and I'll quote: uh, Gloria's millions were quote the largest account by far that Madden had ever handled. Um. So right away they're saying, you know, this guy. That the that is managing the money didn't know how to handle it because it was new. He, he never handled sure. it. Now, if someone came to me and said, "Here's 178 million dollars or whatever it is," uh, that would be the largest account by far, and I've never handled anything like that. So, <laughs> so I'd be in that category as well. You know, I'm not 
Yeah, but so would 99.9% of all other advisors in the United States, probably. Right, right. The people just don't have that kind of, of money, you know. So so you'd have to, I mean, if you want to say, let me find the advisor that would handle it, that has that experience, that, that's one way to look at it, right? But the the case can be made if you're hiring a fiduciary and and working with someone that, that is acting in your best interest, um, they should be able to handle it. You know, they should be able to at least, direct you and, and bring in other people as needed. Um, so the lawsuit went on to say that um, that over the three and a half years of managing the money, so the lawsuits, so it's been five years, but we're, this lawsuit happened already. Um, three and a half years, she earned less than 1%, and, and the advisor charged more than $2 million in fees. Wow. Okay, so... Let's stop here and analyze that for just a moment. Um, earning less than 1%. Okay. So we're talking, what, 2013 to 20, I don't know, 16, 17? Earning less than 1%. So this is where it gets very tricky and where she's, she wants a jury, you know, on this lawsuit. And who's to say whether or not earning less than 1% is good or not. Now, you might immediately think, I know what you're thinking. I don't know. What do you think of that, Tony? Less than Earning less than 1% over that three and a half years. What, what do you think of that? Well, when I hear about the percentages are deceiving. Because exactly. it depends on how much you have. Right. So, and when I hear, wow, he charged $2 million in fees. Yeah, to manage $278 million. Uh, I mean, uh, it's it's still a small percentage of what she has. Plus one percent of two hundred million dollars, to me, is a lot of money. But if you look at that time period in the market, and I'm sure a person, the average person, looks at how did the uh, the stock market do, and they look at the 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 S and P five hundred, and the average S and P five hundred. Well, you should, you know, the S and P did this amount during that time, right? You know, maybe the S and P did eight percent or ten percent. Well, you're never going to make as much as the S and P. First of all, unless you um, unless you unless you buy the S and P index, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, unless that's what you have, right? And, and 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 does that make sense for her? You know, we don't know what makes sense for her, but we can kind of guess that she was 84. All right, and and maybe, and she never had this much money. You know, maybe she said, "I don't want any risk." You know. And she didn't lose money, so obviously there was no risk there. Or maybe there was. You know, it's tough to say, but I think what people, and like you said, the percentages can be confusing. Um, to earn 1% over three and a half years, that's pretty low. I mean, you could theoretically just put it in a CD, right? And you could have gotten maybe 2% guaranteed. Yep. Right? Yeah. And You should definitely be able to make more than 1% in the market. But you also have to understand that maybe she did, but the advisor's fees also come out of that. So let's say she made 3%, uh, but the advisor takes 2 Right. And and so the advisor's fees, they said, are, are more than $2 million over that period. Is that two, more than $2 million a year, or is that total? It sounds like it might be total fees. So if you just charge 1%, which is the average most advisors charge, on two million, $200 million, that's two, $2 million right there. Of course, right. of course, if you're going to have a $200 million account, you're not going to charge 1%. Or at least that's not how it, my, it is a sliding scale. The more money you, you, you managing, 
less of a percentage you you charge. So there's okay. a there's a break. Because I've always heard with financial advisors, a typical fee is one percent for them to manage your money. That's right, and, and that's, that's fairly standard. But that's not. But we're in a whole different world that doesn't apply, like you just said, probably when you're dealing with two hundred seventy-eight million dollars after tax. Right. So it two million dollars on a on a two two hundred million dollar account. Let's say because we don't know how much we're talking. She may not have put all of it with this guy, but let's say it's two hundred million. Two percent. Uh, um, two million is one percent over four years. Say so. That's a quarter of a percent a year. So that's more reasonable. I'm going to charge uh, 0.25% to manage 200 million. You see, so that, so I don't know if the fees are out of line. It's tough to say. It's misleading. Now the, the lawyer that's suing is going to say, oh my God, 2 million. And she didn't even make that. So that's the thing. Like the, the advisor made more during that time frame than she did. If you're going to be charging a fee, you don't charge fees to put someone in CDs, right? I mean, that's just not something you do as a fiduciary. If someone's buying a CD or a fixed annuity or leaving it in the money market or putting it in cash, you don't charge you fees don't for that. You don't get fees for that money. Right. I mean, you could theoretically, I guess, you could charge it. I don't know if you can make a case for it. Maybe that's where they're going to go with this. But yeah, I is certain, it ethical, though? Uh, no, right. I don't think, I don't think it, not only is it not ethical, I, I don't think it would even pass a fiduciary test. Because right. that, I and mean, you're a fiduciary and you operate, you're, I know that you're very strict about your ethics, so- you're coming from that standpoint, and so and I and I think that's good. Uh, obviously, yeah, something was up there because if she only made one percent, it could have been in a CD, and she could have made two. Uh, and like you said, like fixed index annuity CDs, uh, a fixed index annuity, maybe you make a commission one time thing as a as an advisor, but you don't take a fee. Right, right. There's no she doesn't see that come off the fee. Right, so. You know, even if you put in a, a fixed rate CD or a fixed rate annuity and made two or three percent, that there's no fee associated with that to the advisor. So the fact that they say he's got two million fees means that he's actively managing it and probably in some sort of stock or bond fund, which means that there could be some sort of risk involved. So maybe it went up and down and overall it kind of flatlined. Um but is that bad? I mean, really, it comes down to well, what does she want? We don't know. We don't know how it was managed or what she said she wanted. And you have to assume that the advisor did what she wanted. And you know what happens is people say, oh, I don't want risk. I don't want risk. And then they get nothing. They get low returns. And then they see the stock market rage. And then they complain. Well, look at all these people. You know, think about the when Trump got elected president and everyone prior to said, you know, most people said if he wins, the stock market's going to crash. And so everyone's a lot of people who were really, really focused on or concerned about it, put their money in cash and said, oh, I'm going to come out of the market and I'm going to or I'll buy a CD and make my one percent. Then the stock market goes up 30 percent, you know, after he's elected and people say, oh, why did I buy that CD? I should have stayed in the market. You know, people don't they don't they don't like to to not make money. So I have a feeling that someone got in her ear and said, you only made less than 1%. That's terrible. During that time frame, the stock market went up 8% on an average a year. Why didn't you make that? You missed out on tens of millions, right? It's easy to say. It's easy to chirp in someone's ear. You know, a quarter, you know uh, what do they call it? Monday morning quarterback? <laughs> But maybe yep, Monday, yeah, armchair quarterback, right? But maybe it was good that she, you know, 
didn't lose. Maybe that's what she wanted. And now her mind's changing because people are saying, look what you could have made. So I don't know. I don't know. It does seem suspicious. She made less than 1%. That, I mean, I mean, if you think about it, Tony, she remember what I said, she, where did she come from? She came from not a lot of money. So if you just take 200 million, right? It's kind of crazy to think about, but if you just take 200 million and you, and you find a, a 3% fixed rate somewhere, right? just give me my 3% a year. I'm going to live off the right. interest. That's $6 million in interest a year, yeah. you know? So like, is that enough? You know, <laughs> it's crazy to say, it's crazy to say, but this is where, where people need to think about these things is like, what's enough? Obviously having 278 million isn't enough because she's suing because she didn't get more. She didn't lose anything. She's not saying that she'd lost. Well, yeah, and, and the story, though, talks about how she just wanted her son to take care of her, and then after she fell and hurt herself, she ended up having, she didn't go into a, a, a nice facility. She actually went and lived with another family member because she wasn't getting taken care of in her mansion. So there is some, it does sound like, you know, possibly the advisor or the son uh, didn't handle things properly or, you know, were bilking her out of some of the money. But uh, if she really didn't lose any outright, uh, you know, it's going to be hard for her, I would say, with the lawsuit. But this is just an overall example of uh, if you do come into an amount of money, you want somebody who is uh, really uh, a fiduciary who's going to have your best interests in mind and, and not uh, take advantage of you. And so I think that's a big, powerful lesson and just lottery winners in general. Right. And, you know, she gave control of the asset to her son, who is not versed in, in this. He wasn't that wasn't his career. And so he, he did that son did involve a fiduciary. I believe the guy's a fiduciary. So, you know, where's the issue here? Well, the first lesson is you don't necessarily want to mix family and money. You know, that's that's a problem. And then, and then, you know, the son said he'd take care of her. Well, who says that, you know, maybe that was unwritten and you're right. She, she got ill or hurt and she didn't go to a nursing home or assisted living facility. She went with her daughter, I believe. Why didn't she stay with her son? Well, maybe there was a little anger there or some problems there. Um, If she really wanted to go to a, a nursing facility, she can find the nicest one in Jacksonville area and buy it. And, um, kick everyone out and be the only patient, you know, (laughs) theoretically, she's got the money to do that. So I don't think it was the money thing. I think she wanted to be with family and maybe that just didn't work out. Money changes people. It's, it, it happens. So maybe the sun change, who who knows? This is all hypothetical. We don't know, but it's gonna, it's gonna play out. And I'm, I'm the curious, I'll be very curious what happens here, but It, it is a curiosity. But there's another quote um, from the lawsuit, which uh, I want to read, which brings up another issue. Um, It says, Gloria's combination of very significant and sudden wealth, total lack of investment sophistication and advanced age made her an irresistible target for Madden. Madden being the uh, advisor. So Mm -hmm. they're implicating that he's taking advantage of her. You know, lack of investment sophistication, advanced age, and then to use the word irresistible target. Now, I'm not saying that he was targeting her. And and I don't know where this is going to go, but immediately when you're dealing with older clientele, which I do, you know, because I deal with retirement 
people that are close to retirement. And sure. it's all very, very new for them because people don't retire until they're older, typically, right? So it's all new. They don't, they're not familiar with these things. And so there's a total lack of um, understanding and knowledge. There's a lot of um, ignorance about what happens during retirement. Ignorance surrounding long-term care and, and Medicare, but also how do you invest money to then take from it? You know, people understand how to invest money to grow, but people don't know how to invest money to actually live off of it how to take it and distribute you know distribute it to yourself over time it's a very different skill set so i think you have to be very careful with these types of people and maybe the advisor was more focused on the younger people growth but then that would mean that he would have i can i would have i would have been less surprised had she lost a ton of money in the market you know the guy takes the money and invests it the fact that they didn't right. earn a lot Maybe, I don't see that's what's what's tricky to me because it seems yeah, like that's that's the catch right there. It's like it's one thing if he lost a ton of money, but it made money, but still should have made more. But yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? He invested it. Obviously, it was conservative. Uh, and the article acts like, well, he didn't he wasn't actively trading. Well, that can that, that could, could be, be just as bad, thing. right? That could be really yeah. good. You know, do you want uh, someone that's actively trading? Like that lawsuit that we had with um, the guy that did the uh, QVC, not QVC, the other one um, locally here. Uh, gosh, like it's it's it was with uh, his advisor. The highway network. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> home shopping <laughs> network. Home shopping yeah. network. You were close. Home, home shopping network. Um, yep. HSN. You, so the owner of that, he died, and then his wife uh, is suing the advisor because she looked and look at all these trades, millions of dollars worth of trades every year, unnecessary trades, you know. So yeah. there, you can do that. That's called churning and, and unnecessary trading. Well, and if you're, if you're trading, even if you're trying to, hey, I really want to grow the portfolio, so we're going to buy this, sell this, buy this. Uh, that can backfire and lose you money quickly. Right, right. So you, there's a balance, right? So we don't know what's really happening. If I have two hundred seventy-eight million dollars, I'm going to go conservative and for a lower return, knowing, hey, I could probably live off the return. Right, two percent right. of two hundred million dollars. If I you can't know, live off of four that, million, then yeah, yeah, I'm in big, big trouble. Right, right. Just that's the, the way I. That's the way I view it. it right. Isn't that the way you would view it? Nick? That's the way I would view it too. But you don't know what the what the woman wanted, right? And what that's you know. true. And then, then again, it sounds you don't like know. she just wanted her son to take care of her, and he probably didn't do a good job. So that's really what's motivating. You, there it is. There it is. I agree with you. So this whole idea of the investment advisor and, and what he's responsible for seems like a smokescreen. I think. The real problem is with the son and what his behavior was, and but you get the lawyer in there and they see this, and so let's let's dig a little deeper. So in 2014, apparently some family members presented um, the woman with the advisor's um, investment advisor representative public disclosure report. This so so there's another lesson for anyone listening. If you're going to deal with an advisor like me or anybody, you go online and you check them out. And there's yeah, a because this, this guy had complaints. I mean. You know, there's complaints against every business and every person out there. However, you got to read and see, hey, you know, are how upset are people and are, does it sound valid? And you, you need to do due diligence. That's right. And and part of being a fiduciary, there's a requirement at the state and federal level that we have to disclose things. If anyone, if we, there's a settlement or if you if there's any um, 
any criminal activity, anything, any real, any major issue has to be disclosed to the public and it's online. So you search your person's name, the advisor you're thinking about working with, and you could see every complaint ever on this person. And they did that for this. Uh, apparently the family members said to her, Hey, look, the guy you're going to work with, he's got some complaints. There's one in 98, there's one in 2001 and 91. So, so there was some issues there. And I think what may have happened is the, the lawyers looked at that and say, Oh, look at this, some history here. Well, now we have a case, you know, and they're talking big dollars here. So they're like, well, this is worth pursuing, even though there may not be any issue here. Um, there is, you know, the smoke, I guess you could say. And so my advice to people, obviously, you know, we're talking big numbers, so you're going to be diligent when you, but any amount, any amount of money you're thinking about investing or giving to a fiduciary or anybody, um, you want to check their background out and it's all public knowledge. And if it's not out there, ask the fiduciary or ask the person you're talking to, Hey, can I get, how do I get a copy of your disclosure report? You know, I want to see all about you. And I'm required to give that to everybody that I work with. Everybody. It's, it's just a law and I get checked on it. And if I don't, I get in trouble. And I, you know, I give it electronically because it's easier, but it's like a 30, 40 page document, but wow. it's got my background, my history and any, um, anything against me. And I, luckily, and it not, really, it really reads like a cheap mystery novel. <laughs> well, well the, the, in the, you're right, or you're a Stephen sk- King short story <laughs> well it explains how I charge what my fees are everything all I my, was just kidding it's right. really yeah it's just it's boring it's, it's boring no it's yeah. boring no but you can highlight you can skim to the back there's a little summary and it tells you yeah. all about the person where they went to college yeah. and and what their degrees are and also any criminal or any complaints and mine has right. nothing I don't have any complaints and I'm proud of that but you know if there was something that got settled I'd have to disclose it. So you want to yeah. check that out and it's important. I guess yeah. they, they may not have done that. Well, uh, let me add just, we have to go here. We're out of time, but uh, let me add one more thing about the article and the story. Um, you know, we mentioned, you know, it's the son probably didn't do what he should have to take care of his mom. And that's, that's what's probably causing this. And uh, I just want to comment that judging from the picture of him, in this article, um, yeah, not so good. Don't judge a book by its cover, Tony. Not so good. That's we got vo- we got we got faces for radio and and podcasts. yeah, that's true. We're, so I can't we- I can't really throw a stone when I live in a glass house, right? <laughs> hey, uh, we are out of time, Dan. Why don't you let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you? Absolutely. And, and one last point I want to make about this is we talked about it in the beginning about the fees. Know, know your fees, too. When you're dealing with someone, check their background and make sure you get their fees written out so you're not surprised because it sounds like they're now all of a sudden surprised that there was fees. But again, um, if you want to check me out, you can go to dolphinfinancialgroup.com. You can search my name on Daniel Wendell uh, and you'll find all about me online. But if you want to talk, you want to learn more. If you won the lotto and you want to see what to do, give me a call. The number here is 888-508-5935. Again, it's Dan Wendell at Dolphin Financial Group, 888-508-5935. Thanks, Tony. And uh, like I said, if you win the lotto, be sure to give me a call. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know I will. Yeah, we won't. We don't play. But maybe that should be the, the lesson. Just don't play the lotto. Yeah, you're never, probably. You're, gonna, you're not going to win, and if you do, you're going to have trouble. The Florida State Lotto is going to come after you now. Oh, yeah, sorry. Can't say that on the air. That's true. Sorry. <laughs> play play as much as you like. <laughs> I, But uh, my advice would be don't play too much. The topics on this show are wide-ranging. 
yet relevant to people approaching or living in retirement, like me. If there is a topic you want to hear on the show, head to dolphinfinancialgroup.com and contact Dan to request your topic or to share your opinion. Dan Mundell or Dolphin Financial Group are not affiliated or endorsed by Social Security or any government agency. Everything discussed on today's show was for informational purpose only. Since everyone's situation is different, some things may not apply to you. The materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources. We cannot be 100% certain that they are accurate. You should really talk to my dad or someone from Dolphin Financial Group before trying to implement these ideas or trying to